Welcome to the Rebel and Connect radio podcast, where we connect you with the ideas, people, products, and services that you need to create a truly meaningful company culture on your remote team. Rebel and Connect, celebrating human connections in a digital world. Okay. Hello, everybody. Hi, Facebook. What's up? If you are watching, we are recording a podcast. If you are listening, you know already that you are listening to a podcast. So welcome to Rebellion Connect Radio Podcast. I am Charlie Birch, your host for today. As you may have noticed, we have been switching it up a little bit with our hosts. Rachel's doing some, I'm doing some, Summer's doing some, because we have a flood of really amazing collaborators that we are working with for Remote Work Summit 2018 down in Guatemala, specifically San Marcos La Laguna, Guatemala, which is a mouthful and uh, trips me up sometimes to say. We are getting really, really excited. We're all less than 90 days away from the start of the summit. So if you are a leader of a remote team and you are looking for human solutions to your human problems, be it leadership challenges, team building challenges, or company culture challenges, then I definitely recommend checking out the summit. It is bit.ly slash remote work summit. And you can check out the destination, the lineup, the cause, because we are raising money. We are not just getting together and solving our own problems, but we are pooling our resources to help raise money to give back to the local community down in Guatemala as well. And today I am super excited to be here on the show. You can't tell yet because if you're watching, of course, if you're listening, you won't know yet, but I'm super excited to be here with Tayo Roxon, who is also a podcast host and is the CEO and founder of UYD management, which is use your difference to make a difference is their, their motto. And he is a cross-cultural expert, a culture consultant, a cultural competency expert. So he's going to be one of our speakers at the virtual component of the summit. And I'm really excited to welcome him to the show because it's always nice to chat with another podcast host who knows how to have a good conversation. So without further ado, I'm going to take him off hold here and I'll switch it to the up. Oh, we're already in the gallery view. And then, hey, Tayo, welcome to the show. Bloop, 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 bloop. Welcome. Thank you so much for having me. <laughs> so we were just chatting before we went live that we're not that far away from each other on the globe, which is right. not always the case. But I'm in New Jersey and you are in New York City. Is that correct? NYC. Big Apple. Yes. How long have you lived in New York City? Uh, since 2013. I came here originally for my MBA at Fordham University. And... You know, um, it still kept me here. Yeah, you're a city guy. You're a you're a lifer. Well, I'm I'm Nigerian, so <laughs> home, you know, and I grew up in five countries and four continents. So, for me, home is always going to be a fluid concept. But I feel like I would at least have a base here. Uh, New York City okay. happens to be my favorite city. So, but yeah, no, I'm gonna have multiple. You know, I probably have to you know check back home and go back and forth for business and stuff. So yeah. That's great. I just actually rewatched. Sometimes I like to put, you know, a TV show on in the background when I'm doing kind of menial tasks at home. I just rewatch Sex in the City, and they're all, you know, lifers that just never leave New York. Never leave. It's so (laughs) bizarre to me. I've I've never been a huge city person myself, but we won't get too much into me. uh, Before we go, I just want to know: Should I actually watch Sex in the City? I don't think I've watched a full season or a full episode. Oh, I don't know. I'm, I was the demographic. I mean, I was the college kid in the, 
you know, early 2000s that they definitely female college student. So I was definitely the demographic, but that's something we, you know, about these, these demographics and uh, the, the differences between them and the similarities. But before we get into your areas of expertise, I know a little bit about your story. We've touched on it just a bit, but it's a really interesting story of who you are, what you do, where you work and how you got to be doing what it is that you do. So perhaps you could give us, you know, the, the Tio Roxon original rendition of the Tio Roxon story. Uh, I'll be happy to. And thank you once again for having me. Um, it's a true pleasure. So, um, yeah, I am indeed Tio Roxon and uh, I'm a Nigerian, as I was saying earlier. But I grew up in five countries, four continents before that. I spent the first nine years of my life in a military dictatorship. No, two military dictatorships. And so my first encounter with leadership was, you know, typical of any dictatorship you can think of, you know, rootless suppression of rights, you know, suppression of the press, um, curfews, violence, all that. And so that was kind of what I was witnessing growing up. And I remember as a kid, always wondering what freedom was like and what it would be like for a a country like mine, which is over 250 ethnic groups to really have integration or, you know, some sort of um, in inclusion with all these different cultures. So that was always in the back of my head as a kid. I was always this kid that was thinking way more than you should. Um, fast forward to the time we graduated, um, we transitioned to civilian government and um, my dad's job as a diplomat began to take us all over the world. And I now became the minority everywhere that I went. So I was now living out this, this world where I had some identity crisis, and I was trying to really find my identity in the process. I loved the travel, but then in, internally, I, wasn't, I didn't feel enough, <laughs> um, and I didn't feel heard, seen, or understood. And so out of that pain, I sort of figured out how to turn that into something meaningful, and I started uh, going down the path of understanding what connectors are, what connects people together, how to fully be, be yourself and do and embrace culture dexterity like my friend likes uh, Andy Malinsky likes to say and um, along the way I found my myself in, in college here I went to initially I went to college in Virginia I was applying to um, you know a lot of, I was applying to a lot of jobs after I graduated from college of Virginia but I wasn't you know 85 people said I wasn't good enough I got 85 job rejections <laughs> and um I eventually took a job that just, you know, the only job that gave me an offer, you know, I'm not a citizen. So there were a lot of factors that they were saying no for, you You, you know, we don't sponsor a visa. You're too young. What you want to do to change the world, you don't have the experience for it. So I basically let the world define me. And I took this sales job that I had no business doing, but I stayed there for a year and a half until August 22, 2012, when I was driving to this same place of work. And, um, got to the part where the road merged into the highway. And as, as I was accelerating, stepping on the uh, gas pedal there uh, to go into the, to the highway, my lane got cut into half. So this neighboring car had lost control and I, I was swerving out of the way so I don't get hit. And in the process, I smashed into the left guardrail, <laughs> the right guardrail, back to the left. Um, and no, one car, two cars, then back to the left. Oh, wow. Flip over. And I was 22 years old, and there was only one thought that came to my mind. You know, this is the moment where you're, you're basically seeing your life flash before you, and everything is happening so quickly. And the one thought that came to my mind was, have you done everything you said you were going to do? Here I was, 22, 10 years old. I knew I was going to sort of be a bridge. I felt like I had my personal experiences so I could be um, a leader of some sort, and I hadn't. 
I had sort of, uh, you know, taken, uh, given up because I said in my mind, 85 jobs, whatever, you know, I tried. Um, and so I, I adrenaline kicked in, slammed the brakes, somehow managed to get out of the car. Uh, my car was completely told, but I was unscathed and there were two cars hit and no one understood why I, I survived. Uh, but I took that as a chance, um, another chance of life. And I moved to New York City uh, shortly after that. And then I began the podcast to answer that question that had plagued me all my life. What type of person does it take to effectively communicate across cultures? Yeah. Uh, that's where we are. That's where we are today. Awesome. Well, I love the show. I mean, I've heard some of your TED Talks. For those of you that are listening, if you're not aware, uh, Tyler is also a TEDx speaker. TEDx speaker, TEDx speaker. So uh, Google that because he's got some interesting talks out there. And, uh, you know, some of, that, some of what you shared is in those that bits yeah. of those stories are bits in those, yeah. those yeah. talks. But, you know, I, I like to every time I talk to you, I learn something new about you. Like, I didn't know you went to college in Virginia. I went to college in Maryland, which for, you know. Might as well be the same state. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it really might as well be the same state. <laughs> but, uh, you know, and then I also didn't know that about your story of, you know, these trying to find work. And I can relate to that, too. And I think a lot of um, people in the remote workspace have at least a little bit of the entrepreneurial spirit and in a little bit of a pain point around well, none of these jobs are my job. And so we just kind of create our own jobs. And that can That's be. Sweet really rewarding and really challenging at the same time. So thank you so much for sharing that. And um, you mentioned also that you were on a visa, which is part of the reason that you are participating in the summit as a virtual speaker, instead of coming down to Guatemala with us. Uh, We, of course, would love to have you there in person. But uh, regardless of the fact that you can't come, you still decided you wanted to be a part of it. And uh, perhaps you could tell our audience, you have all these opportunities to speak and, you know, with your background in speaking, what is it about this particular opportunity and the bigger landscape of the conference that inspired you to be a part of it, even though you can't be there in person? Well, I mean, I think it's, it's in what you just said. I, I want people to understand that despite there to be, you know, despite obstacles seeming to be in the way where you, you can't do something, there's always a way. And with my life, if you look at 85 job rejections, near-death experience, um, told multiple times you can't get this visa. I mean, the visa I'm on right now is called the O-1 visa, right? And it's, uh, the way to describe it is a visa for extraordinary aliens. I have no idea why they, they call it that, but I, I went to two lawyers. One lawyer said, you don't qualify. And another lawyer said, you might qualify. And I went with the might qualified. Sure. You know, everything is about taking a chance. And so in the digital age we live in today, in the globalized world we live in today, there are multiple options to have touch points with people in different parts of the world. It might not be physical, but the next best option could be virtual, could be email, could be um, social media. And I don't want anyone to ever take um, that for granted because it's always an opportunity to connect. You and I haven't met physically yet, but we've still been able to do multiple things together. You've, you've been in my podcast, which is coming out soon. Um, and you're interviewing now, um, I'm a speaker in your conference. So these things are happen. And, and that also happens in the workplace. What is virtual work, workforces and workplaces? It's, it's um, possible to create platforms then that can spawn into movements if you really tap into uh, the core communication principles, which are connecting around among, um, with, uh, with shared values and, and um, communicating what the leadership goal is and then being consistent with showing up and setting up boundaries, all these type of things. So, you know, that, that's kind of what, that's, that's why I wanted to do it. I wanted, I wanted to make sure that I was, um, you know, adding value in some way. And I, I obviously love the mission that you're doing. So it was an honor that you invited me. 
Oh, yeah. It's our pleasure to have you. So um, I touched a little bit on your areas of expertise and you touched a little bit on your background that kind of led you to have those those lenses to look at the world through. But mm. we don't want to do any spoilers for our people who do uh, register for the event. We want to you know, honor the fact that they're paying a little bit extra for some exclusive content with you, but, <laughs> which I know you have your, your whole own exclusive content platform, which we can talk about in a little bit if you want. Um, but give us a sense. I mean, we're getting kind of a sense here. Those are the, the people that are watching and people that are listening um, of what your presentation style is, but maybe you could uh, give us a little bit of teasers on um, the topic that you're going to be discussing. Yeah, so I'm going to be teaching you all how to effectively communicate across cultures. And my presentation style, I'm very high energy. <laughs> I love interaction. So um, there'll probably be some um, parts where I'm having you all, you know, have make notes, make mental notes and be introspective. Um, uh, I love feedback. I'd love to hear back from the audience. Um, and I can be corny. So if, if I put a few bad jokes, don't be, don't feel obliged to laugh. Uh, <laughs> cause, I, cause I laugh myself, but it's, it's really my role for me is always to be a guide for you to be the hero in your own story. So, um, my goal is for you to leave the presentation feeling like, I have these tools that I can go in and apply to myself, my family, my friends, and my workforce. So, yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. I love that. To be the hero, the hero and the leader of your own life is, is not a small thing. It takes a lot of courage and guts. And it's really like, why would you live? I, I couldn't imagine living any other way. So on that note, you can, we'd love to, I'd love to hear from you a little bit because I know more about your podcast mm. and less about um, your consulting work. So mm. you never know who's listening. I mean, we have kind of a sense of who tends to listen, but you also never know who exactly is listening at any given moment. <laughs> um, so if the, if your ideal client, the person that you could help the most through your consulting service if they were to be listening right now, how would they know that they are that person? What is it? What problems do you solve with your consulting services? You know, who's going to be the best personality match and culture match for you in terms of going into an organization? Just paint us a picture of what, what that person and that organization might look like. Sure. So I, I work um, with organizations and individuals. So on the organization side, it's schools, it's education slash corporate, right? Those are the two types of organizations. And with the consultant, what people normally typically bring me on there is they have, at the core of what I do, I help people communicate, but there's a communication problem. So if it's communicating across cultures, that essentially means how to attract diverse candidates and then how to maintain a sustainable, inclusive environment so that they have... Um, they get the best out of the different people that they have, but they also grow um, in, in that way. I mean, it's no secret. We look at the world, um, there's disparity with minorities in the workforce, there's disparity with women in the workforce, and even those sometimes that do make it into workforce, they don't necessarily feel like they're included in the conversation. So um, my work is to help people and companies create those sustainable practices and also help their employer brand so that they attract those type of people. Um, I also get asked to, to speak. I, I speak a lot. So I speak, uh, I want to, I want to say I speak about 50 times a year or 54. Um, so that's a little over a speech, a uh, speak, uh, a speech a week. So what I will talk about would be bias, um, unconscious bias, um, uh, being, uh, an inclusive leader and then the whole core concept of, um, communicating across cultures on the school side. 
It's more about leveraging their individual skill set to what I always say, my mission statement, use your difference to make a difference. And I get individuals to understand what's unique about them and how they can tie that to, to um, a skill set or world problem and then become the leader of that solution. And so that, you know, that takes on several motivation varieties. It, it could be cultural competency, it could be personal branding. Um, and I'd sort of mix those there. And then on the individual side, um, sometimes because I speak a lot and I put out a few programs, you know, and I have my podcast and people are interested in launching their own speaking careers or their own personal brands. And, and I work one-on-one with, with people from different parts of the world on, um, just that. So, yeah. Cool. Cool. See, I didn't know there was a two facets there in terms of organizations and schools. And I think that's, I wish that somebody had come into my school and said, you know, what makes you unique (laughs) to so many people, because especially in this area where I grew up, I mean, we were just talking, I'm in Southern New Jersey, not so far from you, but it's a very rural community and it's a very, um, touristy community. And so that you don't see a lot of career diversity in this area. You know, you, you're, as a child growing up, I thought, okay, I can be a teacher, a nurse, a real estate agent, a doctor, a lawyer, or a lifeguard. Wow. I like right? that. I mean, like, that's what you see. You don't see any of the, or a bartender maybe. Um, but you really don't get to see in the same way as like my nephews, they live in Northern Virginia, like in Reston area. And their school is full of diplomatic children like you were. Like me. (laughs) And their school is full of government job parents. And so that's a totally different landscape that you would also get if you were to grow up in like the Bay Area where you have more of like the tech community or a college town where you have more of a professor community. And so it's not only with kids, I feel like it's not only just like helping them recognize, um, what they're good at and what they're unique at, but like helping them expand their horizons through self-awareness of like, you don't just have to kind of settle for the jobs you see around you. You can create your own or you yeah. can find what you're good at and then move into this direction of. <laughs> you, raised a great, you raised a great point. The reason why I, I, I love speaking to kids and I love talking to individuals on this is, you know, as a, as a Nigerian, I'm sure if you know some Nigerians, the options are doctor, um, engineer, or lawyer, right? That's, that's, what, that's what we sent you to America to do that. So that's, that's all you have to do. If you can't come here with another entrepreneur degree. So basically, I don't know if anyone understood what I said. I was just <laughs> speaking like my dad. But um, essentially, so that was kind of what you, you thought of. And I talked to a lot of people who have a wrong idea of what success is. And the reason why I say wrong idea is because they've defined success as what someone else has defined success for themselves. And then they've applied that to themselves. And in the process, they've missed tapping into what's uniquely great about them. You know, what yeah. they're suited for, for fear of ridicule, for fear of the fact that they'll be the only one. And I just like to remind people that it's okay to do that. And, and in fact, we do have tools that allow you to do that. And it's okay to stand out. And, and here's why. I might even talk from a place of, Privilege. I've been fired twice. I've had 85 job, 85 plus job rejections. So I'm not saying this like it's a textbook thing. I've lived this type of experience, but this is why I feel like it's fulfilling. And this is what will ultimately happen. And, um, and yeah, and, and, and I think the more my generation and generation younger understands that there's, we have infinite amount of possibilities to solve today's problems. So yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, we're definitely not going to solve them doing more of the same. 
because yeah. we already tried that and it's not working. <laughs> we did, right? And it's still, you know, don't don't do the same thing. So that's that's the point. Um, so exactly, yeah. All right, cool. Well, so before we sign off, uh, let our listeners know how can they find your podcast should they want to listen in on more interesting conversations that you're having all the time and also how they can uh, reach out to you should your consulting services, either in the business sense or in the school context, really speak to them and their community. Sure. Thank you once again for this. So I'm at Tyo Rocks and everywhere, T-A-Y-O-R-O-C-K-S-O-N. Um, yeah, I feel like I'm the only one because every time I do Google search, no one else pops up. So um, yeah, you can follow me everywhere, Instagram, Twitter, uh, Facebook. Podcast is called As Told by Nomads. Would love to hear some of your thoughts on there. It um, features entrepreneurs, uh, nomads, people from different backgrounds and disruptors all over talking about ways to build businesses in the digital age and um, grow a strong mindset. And uh, my website is tyroxon.com. So that's it. Fantastic. It's true. You are Tayo everywhere because I heard your podcast. I reached out to you on LinkedIn and I think my message was something like, are you this Tayo Roxon? Yeah, you said it to me. I was like, (laughs) is there another one? (laughs) But you never know. I mean, there's 90, last time I checked, 91 Charlie Birches on Facebook. And I thought that was kind of a unique name also. (laughs) I'm not as special as I thought, but I'm definitely uh, still unique, right? (laughs) All right, cool. Well, thank you so much for taking the time out of your uh, schedule, your speaking schedule, your week schedule to be with us on the podcast as well as be part of the summit. We're really looking forward to your session. Thank you so much. Yeah. Until next time, everybody, rebel and connect. Bye-bye. Bye. We hope you enjoyed the show. Subscribe to the podcast to ensure you never miss an episode. This podcast is a rebel and connect production. Have you joined our free Facebook community, the Remote Leadership Think Tank? You can find it by searching on Facebook for Remote Leadership Think Tank or by going to bit.ly slash remoteworkconnect, all lowercase. The Remote Leadership Think Tank is a community forum connecting like-minded remote leaders and team members from around the globe. See you in there. Rebel in Connect is a Colorado-based company owned and operated by Charlie Birch, Rachel McGee, and Summer Wyrick. We operate remotely and service clients from all over the globe. For more about our mission, follow us on Instagram and Twitter. Connect with us on Facebook and LinkedIn. You can also email us directly at info at rebelandconnect.co or call 970-325-6833.